0: Hello and welcome to the edition. Um, my name's Charlotte Henry and we're going to do one of those meta kind of shows I'm quite fond of. It's not going to be a podcast about podcasts, but it's going to be a podcast that goes out on Substack that's about Substack. Between uh, two
1: people on Substack. Let's correct. Please.
0: Hello, Brian Morrissey. How are you?
1: Sorry, I jumped in, Charlotte.
0: No, it's nice to see you. How are you? Yeah, good to see you. So, yes, you and I are both publishing regularly on Substack. Yours is called The Rebooting. You focus on making sustainable new uh, new media companies of varying sizes. I find it an essential yeah. read. Thank um, you. And I enjoy your podcast very much too. Um, I obviously focus on the kind of world of media and tech and the crossovers between those, chucking a bit of creator economy, good stuff as well. So, yeah, we're on subset. And there's been a lot going on in the platform that's worth I'm picking given the current media environment so first of all the thing that really made me want to have this conversation to have it particularly with you mm-hmm. is Substack did a shout out to their writers kind of encouraging them to invest uh, what was your take when you saw that email in your your inbox
1: well I mean I guess my first thought was I don't invest in things that I don't see the financials I think that's been, you know, and, and and they disclosed um subsequently the the financial picture. And look, I think Substack is a pretty amazing business, right? Um, in that, you know, they've solved it's a consequential company, you know, they they've solved a lot of um issues about starting a media company. And and you know, just <clears throat> take our examples, like we probably wouldn't have even had this as an option um pre-substack really I mean yeah you can like but they made it super
0: yeah they made it so yeah I think you could say sorry that it was super slick and my what I was thinking was they basically reduced what is kind of known as the tech stack yeah you could basically with just one free entry of your email address basically create yeah
1: yeah, and and you could set up like basically a media business in an afternoon, yeah, less than like an hour. You know, you just hook up a Stripe account, and that's yours. And I think that, you know, what they've done is really establish themselves in a space as a counterpoint to a lot of what's come before. So I think that's amazing. As a business, it's challenged. As a, I'm sorry, as a VC funded business, it is challenged. Right? Like I, I just did a, a, a podcast with the the substack ceo um and i was like it i i was like that's, this is that's me. hamish
0: McKenzie right
1: no 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 it's chris best oh, chris um best. hamish is like chief writing officer i think it's these, a, are, these are the
0: guys yeah these are the guys that co-founded it aren't
1: they yeah um and I, there's there's a third too uh, uh jared has, Setti? To possibly um there's always a third that doesn't get as much but whatever uh th- you know look it it i was saying like i kind of wish it was like um craigslist in some ways right (laughs) like i mean if you think about craigslist craigslist is an amazing service and it's really an iconic company of internet 1.0 and it's had staying power and it's like really profitable right and there's no it never it never engaged in all of the shenanigans and the adversarial models that sprung up around digital advertising and yet it it built a really great business and and I think it's not any coincidence that it did that without venture capital. When you take venture capital, you're going to have a set of pretty outsized expectations and you know Substack raised in 2021 at like a 650 billion dollar or billion. <laughs> I was going to say well it was crazy times people were buying eight whatever JPEGs for like hundreds of thousands of dollars. So it's even possible. But no six hundred fifty million dollar valuation. And you know, they they reve- they re- revealed in 2021 they generated just $12 million in net revenue. And that's the money that they kept, not, you know, they 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 uh their model is to for the writers to keep 90% of the subscription 10, revenue. Yeah. And they had a $22 million net loss. Now, it, it I'm not any um sort of financial analyst, but um it does say it does say to me that Substack needs to find new growth paths um to ju- justify the lofty valuations that um you know have it's raised on, right? And so even with this sort of crowdfunding round, you know, the the valuation is still at 590 million and like it's unrealistic, right? Like everything in 2021 it has come down back down to earth, yeah you know? And subsex is not immune to that. I mean, I guess my concern about it cuz I don't really care about you no know, I said this Chris, I don't really care about it. It's it's Andreessen and Horowitz. I'm not like I don't go to bed like worrying about Andreessen and Horowitz getting its money back. I
0: think they'll be okay.
1: Yeah, no, I say I say the rosary. <laughs> Please God, look after Andreessen and Horowitz. I
0: think those guys will be okay.
1: Yeah, no, they'll just go to Saudi and like suck up to some <laughs> MBS or something like that. They'll get their next
0: if Saudi. one of us gets assassinated, I'm blaming you off.
1: Yeah, gravy train going. Um, I love that when they went to, but did you see that? Like they went to like Saudi and they were like, it's like a startup country and like MBS is like a founder. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> you guys really believe this shit. No. Anyway, uh, I don't really care about them, you know, returning capital. What I do care about as a publisher. Uh, who uses the platform is then making decisions that uh, are driven by trying to live up to this valuation. Mm. I think, you know, today they just released the uh, notes, their their Twitter competitor. Yeah. Um, well, caused... pause
0: because I want to come on that for a separate bust up. Okay. Let's yeah, yeah. just focus for now on this investment idea. Because at first I was like, well, oh, that's kind of cool. Maybe I'll, you know, in their note called Own a Piece of StubStack, in which they wanted to get writers in. They were like, "We'll accept investments from a hundred dollars up." That's, you know, oh my
1: God.
0: that's not huge. You know, it's not such a yeah, huge yeah. amount. It's Many like people...
1: passing, it's like passing the hat, right? I mean, like, if you're if you're well, if you're well, investing like bit... hundred bucks, like, you know,
0: well, one, you're not gonna in any reality make serious money back, probably.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but there is obviously something nice about this idea of owning the platform you use. I get that. I get why that might appeal to people. But you also have to think, what are the reasons why Substack are doing this? And presumably, it's because they couldn't raise any more traditional VC money. I don't think they were doing it out of the goodness of their hearts because they wanted the writers to be part of the community, yeah. for one of a better phrase.
1: Well, I mean, look, they, they, they tried to raise, I guess it was last year, at like a billion-dollar valuation. That didn't fly. Um, and they withdrew that um, effort. And look, the, the funding environment is totally different now than it was last year and it's on a different planet compared to 2021 i mean we joked about like saudi i mean there's a reason that like the vcs are in saudi and like the money is in saudi right like so you you don't go first of all to these middle eastern autocracies to generate capital there's just less capital around and you know we're finding out that a lot of the frothy funding that was coming out of silicon valley really only made sense in a low interest rate environment which itself was completely anomalous historically I know like a lot of these Silicon Valley people who I should say are always seeming to be experts on everything from epidemiology to how to run San Francisco um but they seem to have been caught unaware that interest rates um go up sometimes
0: <laughs> like <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't know like I, I I'm not always sp- been zero yeah, I'm not as smart as them, but I thought everyone knew this. Um, so, you know, they did not build I wish anti- my listeners
0: could see your the sarcasm emanating from your face. Yeah, well, I being... try to, you know,
1: I try to be culturally um sensitive, and I sure. know that, you know, Speaking with a Brit, I need to you know, dial up the sort of cynicism. If you could, bit.
0: yeah, please. Like,
1: <laughs> no problem. That's,
0: that's one of the like I'll do my like,
1: Benedict Evans uh, yeah, impersonation. I'll it's, be it's like, wonderful. I don't understand. I don't understand. Doesn't understand anything.
0: Sarcasm is a key requirement of guests on this show. But, yeah, I like that.
1: Dry uh, humor.
0: Yeah, it struck me as interesting that they were coming to the writing community and the people that are already, in theory, generating cash for them by our subscriptions and the revenue we generate on the platform. Yeah. For further funding. Obviously, the idea is you get money back, hopefully, in yeah. the profit. Um, but that struck me as interesting. And the way Substack has been developing, I've also found really interesting. Actually, I should ask you, you can tell me yeah. to go away if you don't want to answer. Did you put money in in the end?
1: No, 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 I didn't. I actually invested uh, uh, a little bit of money in a Substack competitor a couple of years ago, Ooh. Beehive. Um, okay. <laughs> even though I'm on Substack, Tyler gives, gives me shit all the time about not being on what, Beehive.
0: What's the kind of context of putting money into one of these platforms? you think they not specifically yeah. given that you've done it? Yeah. What was the sort of, what do you think encourages people to put money into these platforms?
1: Well, I mean, you know, Tyler uh, Dank, who, who runs Beehive. I, I met him one time during uh, the pandemic when I was living in Miami and like meeting, meeting him, like I was like, I'm reminded I'm like 50 years old and, and like you meet with like young people and they scare the shit out of you because you're like, oh no, man, these are, they got like all the energy and they're really smart and savvy and stuff like this. I got to like get out of this business. Anyway, Tyler was one of those guys that terrified me. And, um, you know, he had been at Morning Brew and I really, oh. just from a macro level, I, I thought that there's going to be a alternative to Substack. Nobody dominates any markets. And I thought his plan to have an advertising friendly um, version of Substack made a ton of sense because to me, and I talked with Chris about this on the podcast, it doesn't make sense to build an entire business model only around subscriptions. That just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't.
0: I'm glad. So that's interesting. Your insight into putting money somewhere else. I'm glad you mentioned this about adverts because actually, I think it's you that said it to me Mm. and I've thought about it ever since. Why on earth has Substack not created its own advertising networks? Why hasn't it created Google, its own Google AdSense?
1: Well, I think, you know, in talking with Chris, he left the door open, actually, to advertising um, on the platform. Classic. You know? and they're Brian, just
0: gonna... This is classic. You go on Brian Morrissey's podcast, he forces you to open an advertising yeah. network. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm just like Kara Swisher. I'm classic,
0: just like... classic.
1: <laughs> when are you going to start to run advertising? No, I mean we talked about it, and like he 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 talked about the misalignment that that happens with a lot of ad models. And I think when you're talking about ad models, people tend to go towards the most extreme version of digital advertising, which um, is this sort of data fueled platform ads that you know Facebook and, and Google, rubbishy and stuff like programmatic this. stuff. Yeah, you know, and content rec networks. And you can always look in a previous era you could you would say pop-ups or something and yeah now, and then it was retargeting and whatever. But the fact of the matter is hashtag not all ads, right? Like you can have ads that are um fairly unobtrusive and are actually additive, I believe, to um to even to the experience. At the very least, I don't think that they're adversarial. I, I run ads on my newsletter. I've gotten I told Chris this I've gotten exactly zero complaints about them. Um and that's because like they're completely relevant. Um, I take a lot of effort into making sure that the ads are, are written in a way that will appeal to the audience. And I think they serve an important role. If you're building a sustainable media business, you need technology partners. That's the reality. B2B media always exists somewhere on a continuum of a marketplace connecting a buy and a sell site. And the idea that some software company in San Francisco is going to tell me that that is not the right way to run a business is to me ridiculous. Particularly when that same company is well, telling me that I am quote unquote in control.
0: Yeah, so, i and you know, I, I'm not running the kind of ads you run. Uh, I do run ads on this podcast. If you want to have yeah. an ad on this podcast, please drop me a line. I'll put yeah, you in with the right people.
1: Um, I'll 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 read like a, a discount code if you want.
0: Beautiful. Um, and <laughs> but I, I've also been building, you know, an affiliates business through the newsletter. And again, oh, yeah. like you're saying, you take care with who you're working with on your adverts. Again, I take care the type of things I want to recommend to my readers. And I think people do do that. And, there's a, and it just seems odd to me that, you know, Substack is never going to complain about that stuff, but it doesn't provide its own in-house way of doing it.
1: Yeah, well, I think... <laughs> I think what they, they want to do, and and this was sort of what I think Chris, um, and I don't want to put words in his mouth. So sure. everyone should just listen to the podcast. You absolutely, um, I, I,
0: There'll be links to it in the show notes. Make sure after you listen to this, you go listen okay. to it. Okay.
1: But, you know, and he's, he basically said, well, how do you, you know, that they were very interested. He called it a philosophical question. I'm like, philosophical, this is business. Like, you got to like make money. But anyway, he, he basically said, how do you. How do you do the kind of ads that are not this kind of adversarial and depersonalized nature where you're treating attention as a fungible commodity? And I believe that it is very possible to do that. And you know, it's the same thing with like bundling. You know, Substack has Oh, Brian,
0: it's taking you like fifteen minutes to mention bundling. You've done well.
1: Oh yeah. Right. did you expect it earlier
0: i well i like a brian morrissey rebuttling conversation Which,
1: oh shit is this like something i always go on I li- that's I the li- problem with getting older it's like you keep you keep repeating yourself but your memory is so bad you don't remember like and so you just keep doing it it's just an endless loop until you die <laughs> oh my goodness
0: so you're right <laughs> you're back on philosophy how to make adverts not horrible
1: yeah um and and you know he left the door open to it and like we, we've seen this before i always joke that you know, the first step to running ads for a platform is to say, you'll never run ads. Um, And eventually they always do, right? Like we saw, you know, the athletic obviously was, you know, they were advertising, no ads, blah, blah, blah. I guess who has ads, the the athletic. And, you know, you just call the ads something different and call it promoted posts. I think honestly, if I was to give them advice on on ads, I would say do the typical platform thing and get, um, get, the brands, the advertisers on Substack publishing themselves. And then you can easily, you know, have a, a a system in which um you're doing matchmaking between uh uh brands slash advertisers and the writers, right? And I think that makes a lot of sense to promote other, you know, Substacks and stuff like this. Um, but you know, TBD, I, I know this, like as a business, they need to unlock new paths of revenue growth. Yeah. And that's an obvious one.
0: I, I agree. And it seems a bit crazy that we're all finding different ways to incorporate ads into our Substacks, which they absolutely have no problem with. No one from Substack is blocking your emails if you put in affiliate links, if they're including the kind of advertising and brand deals that you include in your work. No one at Substack is banning that, there's no rules against it on the platform but they're not taking a cut from it
1: yeah no which is great you know i really
0: we're delighted but from their perspective and and it said change no
1: change anything (laughs) don't listen
0: to anything we've just said but it's great Uh, actually i would
1: happily cut them in on um some of the ad revenue let's not go crazy if they provided tools um like google AdSense. To sell better well i don't know if google adsense i just need better like analytics i need better ways to capture to audience segment i need better ways to um do lead generation natively within the platform a lot of b2b advertisers want to see how many mqls you produce i'm like learning all these things as an ad salesperson Um, oh yeah but marketing qualified uh, leads
0: yeah but yeah they're not doing those kind of things which is fine that's their yeah. business choice but they're taking a hundred dollars plus on a WeFunder funder to try and get up and at the time we're recording this they've raised over approaching what eight million dollars yeah, um
1: great
0: from 6807 investors um and like that's kind of cool and it's cool for people to be part of building the platform they're on but it just seems there just seems to be a bit yeah. of strange that they're going one way when they could be generating revenue another way. Um, let's talk also about the kind of you talked about unlocking revenue streams, but they're unlocking new features the whole time. Yeah. Uh, we've just seen something called notes that's come out just literally before you and I hit record on this conversation. I know. I was, just, I was
1: just typing out my like first note.
0: Right, exactly. Uh, and you were half joking, I think, when you called it their Twitter competitor.
1: But it's not really... No, beca- I think they want to be. I, mean, I they think wanna they want to be as well. Yeah, um, like, it, but why do they want to be?
0: So hang on, let's just explain quickly what notes are before we unpack that uh-huh. more philosophical question. So notes, basically you can share anything, like a link, a picture, a video, whatever, in a short form piece of content. Sounds familiar, right? Yeah. Um. So they're doing that. Um. And... Kind of this weekend, the weekend before we, the Easter weekend before you and I recorded this, there was a little bit of a spat because Twitter did not seem very happy about this, and seems to have blocked Substack links on Twitter, which
1: mm.
0: Twitter obviously is a very good way for Substack writers to, uh, be you know get attention for their newsletters and podcasts. Yeah. So as I understand it, Twitter what they blocked retweeting and commenting on links from Substack.
1: Yeah, I mean, they throttled um, links with Substack in. and yeah, Interestingly, like you didn't, like if you have a custom domain, like they couldn't do it. So. Sure, because
0: it's basically looking for anything that's .substack.com, yeah. The right? lesson
1: is like get a custom domain.
0: It, yes, that's an interesting, yeah, that is one way of doing it. And again, Substack yeah. makes it really easy to do that, in fairness yeah. to them.
1: But also like, I think, you know, it's about leverage. Business is always about leverage, right? And if you're building a platform or like an quote-unquote ecosystem, you need to solve a bunch of problems, okay? You need to solve a distribution problem. You need to solve a monetization problem. You got to provide tech tools and all this other stuff. Um, We've seen before, like I compare it to like a platform like Shopify, right? Right. So Shopify, to me, is very analogous to what Substack is. I mean, Shopify was always about um, arming the pirates going up against the Navy. And the idea was there's a bunch of independent merchants out there that are going to compete with the big box stores and high street stores and whatever
0: and you're just giving them the tools to do it
1: yeah. And they're giving the tools. And so you start with the tools. The first tool as an e-commerce company is to be able to transact, to be able to buy. So they allowed people to set up these storefronts okay, very easily, kind of like Substack allowed you to set up very easily a publishing storefront, if you will. Now, what Shopify didn't do is they didn't solve the distribution challenge. They outsourced that to Instagram slash Facebook, a little bit of Google. So basically any of these DTC companies poured a bunch of money into Facebook ads in particular, um, particularly on Instagram, and we're able to generate, you know, audience or or customers that way. This was a period of time in which ads on Facebook, Instagram were like incredibly targeted and were incredibly effective and were cost efficient and stuff like this. That ended with all of the, the privacy stuff and the regulations and whatnot. And it turned out that these companies, many of them, you know, ended up getting, uh, cut off at the knees, and so that's always a risk for any of these platforms that don't solve for that distribution challenge. I think what Face, what what Substack is trying to do is solve for a distribution challenge. Writers. Were, I assume that's why people do those interminable threads. I mean, writers were forced to go out to Twitter in order to like. Uh, you mean Twitter off.
0: threads, not what Substack calls a thread. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah tw- Twitter threads. Um, I don't even understand Substack threads. They should put a bullet in that feature. Um, <clears throat> maybe it's just me, uh, but they, uh, yeah. So like, they need to solve for that distribution challenge. And to me, like that is an interesting attempt to do it. Like, I mean generating audience is is difficult right yeah
0: and it's all within the substack network that's the point
1: yeah like so for instance recommendations um was which is the substack feature that allows writers to recommend other writers I recommend Um, you yeah I recommend you too the the the, uh that was to me I said it's Chris I, I think that was their best product slash feature launch. Yep. Like that, that was a home run, right? I don't know how you are, but like, I got like 40% of my subscribers end up coming through recommendations probably the last like it's, 90 days.
0: It's really nice, yeah. It,
1: and just ticks and I, over, And right?
0: also, I quite like sharing writing with other people. I, I want, I think yeah. my writer, my readers will like what you, you totally. write.
1: So and, nice and to, to me, share. like what I like about that is it's very native to the product. It's very native to the ethos yep. and everything like this. It's not enough right? No. It's just not enough. They need to pour more people into the top of the funnel. Like this is just referring people who are already in the funnel to, to, to each other. I, it.
0: This is slightly what worries me about subsite, And it's why actually I have a separate blog. It's all think together, but I have the yeah. edition.net where I publish other stuff, stuff I don't really think people want straight into their inbox, but will like. Hmm. Um, And because I think it's Whatever you're doing, whether it's a newsletter, whether it's Twitter, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, whatever, I think it's always a concern if you're too dependent on one platform. I think we've seen that with what's gone on with Elon Musk at Twitter, that things that you're comfortable with and reliant on can change very quickly overnight. You know, video creators, TikTok could be shut down. And their whole platform that they built this career on could disappear overnight. So yeah, I'm always cautious. That happened.
1: Remember Vine? I mean, it happened.
0: Great point. Twitter killed Vine. Exactly. Um And I think even uh, there's lots to recommend Substack. But it does worry me people becoming too dependent on one platform. So this row with Twitter, I hope the two companies sort it out. Because to your point about getting people in the funnel... Twitter for me is one of the key ways that I do that I think that must be true of lots of other writers mm. and you know if that's becoming harder and harder and harder that's a, it makes it a lot more difficult to find a new audience so I hope the two companies do that and do you think there is a risk actually as substack continues to roll out these new features we all become slightly too dependent on it as a as a platform
1: yeah i mean there's always that risk like i think i think you just make trade offs right and um, to me, the the tradeoff is when you're, particularly when you're starting out, and by definition, most of these businesses are like one person businesses, maybe yeah. you have a couple of people to help on the side, like I have a couple of people I work with to help on like, client management, account management, like client service, and some of the, the business infrastructure stuff that honestly I'm not great at. And, um, I very much value their, their help on that, but, you know, you need to have a very efficient and focused business and, you know, being able to skip things is like tremendous leverage. And so, you know, I think with Substack, you can just skip all that immediately, like in the beginning, but at some point you need to, particularly if you get traction you need to um, you need to diversify. But I think you gotta, you gotta get the sequencing right. Like I see people right. are coming out and they're like, oh, and we're gonna like start a site and we're gonna start an app. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like just figure out the product, get product market fit, as they say, or get like, you know, newsletter market fit. And then deal with that problem. If because if you don't have newsletter market fit, newsletter audience fit your app doesn't matter like why waste time with that now at some point particularly if you you get traction and you're able to you know see a pathway for for you know whatever project or venture that you're doing can be a sustainable you know business a real business then yeah I mean diversify but I think
0: you had on your show I think yeah. it was you, uh, the publisher of a center-right publication in the US, they started on Substack and then got so big that yeah. they moved off it. That's the Dispatch. Course, the Dispatch, thank you. Yeah. It was a great interview. Um, That's another risk, of course, to Substack's business model, isn't it? That people kind of get too big for the platform. I know things like the Ankler have stayed, yeah. but there is yeah. a risk to Substack's business model there, isn't there?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's like the classic r- risk, right? And Because like... You know, Substack is a good deal early on, you know, with 10%. But like if imagine if you have like a two million dollar, you know, subscription business. I mean, that's I not do, like... I do, Brian. Okay. Yeah, you go to... I that's actually what I, I I do the rosary first for sure, um, sure. Andreessen and Horowitz and then for my two million dollar subscription business. Um, but the you know, if you have a two million dollar subscription business, which isn't ridiculous, right? Um You're going to be paying two hundred thousand dollars in a year in in platform fees. That's that's ridiculous. That's so expensive. And the only or you have to pay for
0: anything else, your staff, any of the other licensings, maybe a custom domain, maybe yeah. So like if
1: you were on if you had a WordPress and a Mailchimp and you hooked up your Stripe account, you'd just be paying the Stripe three percent fee. And the reality is, and you'd be paying. You know, obviously, you got to stitch together your own platform that has cost and whatnot, but if you're going to be doing a, a business, you're, you're going to look at that cost and be like, no NFW, whatever, no way. Okay. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I think that is the risk. And it's also the risk is that, you know, Substack is an all in one out of the box product and not every publication is the same. Like I said, like, I mean, if, if Steve from the dispatch and I were like, you know, if he was on here and talking, like the, the needs that he that he has as a a conservative publisher completely different than these like you and I have like oh. and so i think that is just an inevitable problem with a platform so for substack if they're going to keep people they have to provide value above 20% so that would be the sort of calculus that i would make i would be like okay am i getting 20% more value
0: mean- oh cuz it's double what you're paying basically cuz they take Yeah
1: well they're they're taking yeah i'm sorry like 10% so are 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 they are they are they are they providing 10% more value right and and that value can be are they giving me distribution i would not otherwise have like and, so why and does they 100% mr beast are at
0: yeah, the why
1: does word. mr why does mr beast stay on youtube like why that's a risk right i mean why 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 not just point people to mrbeast.com and have a uh and have just like a Right Cove player there because he gets distribution and he gets you know the the algorithms stuff. He's the
0: biggest thing on the second biggest search engine in the world. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, So to me, that's just you know, Substack has to provide um, value above and beyond just being a way to send emails and collect payments okay. for people who want to subscribe.
0: I, I mean, I could obviously, and maybe when I stop recording, you and I will continue to have this conversation. Over. <laughs> but um, obviously you and I could chat about this for a long time because it's a platform we're both basing yeah. our business Well, I blocked out. out
1: two hours, so let's just keep oh, going. Oh,
0: perfect. Lovely.
1: <laughs> everyone's but, like, no.
0: <laughs> yeah, everyone's like, okay, I'm pausing now. No, But I think there's some interesting things that Substack does and doesn't do. So for example, I would not have a separate blog if there was a way... On Substack, like there is on Ghost, to create posts that don't go in someone's inbox, you know. So there are some things that do hmm. go, in people, and you can differentiate what gets sent to your distribution list and what just goes up online as a URL. I think you can that do would, that, can't you? Not on Substack. I don't really? think Everything has to go out through email. I'm ninety nine percent sure. If it hasn't, okay. please someone correct me because I'd be delighted to find out. Um, but but on ghost it doesn't have to do that for example which is another competitor platform there's obviously very little you can do on substack to customize your email they all kind of look the same with a few variations yeah. in color and logo now in some ways that's nice because it's quite a clean cut nice design and yeah. if you started changing you know you'd get that tumblr problem where everything think becomes a bit of a mess and oh. whatever else i
1: was gonna say myspace ryan did you have a myspace
0: I mean, 8 million years ago, yes. Oh, God. Now people are going to start looking for our MySpaces yeah, Brian. What have you done? Space. What have you done?
1: The only friends uh, I had were like brands. Uh,
0: but what, what would be the kind of products or features you would like Substack to move into as someone who uses the platform? What do you think their next step should be?
1: You know, as I said, like, I think basic, you know, audience segmentation, I mean, I think they have done a very good job of shifting to more of a product focus. And they've been shipping some really good uh, features and products in the last like year plus, I think they've been more focused, honestly, Um, you know, they were like, you can argue whether it was a good or bad thing, but they used a lot of their their early funding in order to cut big checks to people like matt taibbi and stuff like this and Uh, get them on the platform and so maybe there's a trickle down effect of those kind of checks that they they had i personally didn't get one of them and so maybe i was was gonna say ours must still be in the post um but you know to me like i would have preferred that they put that money into into building better features um there's some very basic that's
0: what i mean what what would those features be
1: well, like boring stuff, like, right. Sure. Like, so, you know, the boring stuff that you do in regular ESPs, like, you know, being able to easily, easily audience segment, right. Like being able to collect data from your, so for instance, when someone signs up, I want to be able to put in there, um, enter your work email because entering a work email tells, tells me a bunch of stuff about you. A Gmail doesn't tell me much of of anything. Yeah. And I know from experience, if you just literally put, enter your work email in there, you're going to get 25% more work emails, okay? And that tells me data about people that I need to know, okay? I want to be able to then have another screen where they can, like, fill out their interests and stuff so I can, yeah, customize, personalize. But let's be real here. I want to be able to sell ads. I want that data in order to tell people We know. That,
0: we know what you're like.
1: Yeah, no, I'm an ad salesperson. Let's be real here.
0: Um, yeah, For me, one of the things and they've only... Just to your point about how it's taken them time, but they're doing over the last year improving features is uh, the SEO, which used to be really bad on Substack. And they've introduced a bunch of features that no one listening needs to know about, but have improved, which also helps. How, you, how do you
1: measure that? I'm interested in that. Do you just see more traffic from Google? Is that...
0: Yeah, I'm not sure how measurable it is, but it's certainly got to be better than it was before um anyway as i say you and i could carry on talking about this for ages but it's a really interesting moment i think in substacks development which is why i was really pleased to have you on the show and it was great to have you after you just spoken to chris best as well so make sure you head over to the rebooting to find that brian where else can people hang out with you
1: uh new york city if you're ever in new york city come say hello Uh, um no, I think you know if you, if you want to check out the newsletter um, and the podcast. I also do another podcast called "People Versus Algorithms." It's a little bit different. It's it's a bit of a conversation show I do with um, Troy Young, He used to be president of Hearst Magazines, and uh, Alex Schleifer, who used to be the head of design at Airbnb. And we all have different ways of looking at the media industry as it collides with technology and AI and all the rest of it. So it's it's a fun show to do.
0: It's a great show. So check out that stuff from Brian. I'm at Charlotte A. Henry on Twitter. Uh, while it still exists, I'm at Charlotte A. Henry on the TikToks as well. I've been playing around. Oh, my God, dance. you're on the TikToks. Uh, it's quite fun. It's quite fun to hang no, out there. No, I'm not doing that shit. Well, we'll see. Don't
1: look for me on TikTok.
0: I will. Um, I want to see you dancing. Um, obviously, head over to the edition.substat.com and subscribe there. You might already be listening to the podcast there. You can also listen to the podcast wherever you normally get your shows Brian, thank you so much for coming back. Yeah, thanks, Charlotte. Appreciate it. Really appreciate having you on and I'll see you all next week.